What's going on, guys? Welcome back to One Stop Shop. You heard that right. We are fucking back. UFC 266 was last night from the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. Obviously, the people's main event last night was Robbie Lawler versus Nick Diaz, too. 17 years in the making from their first fight. And uh, it did not disappoint. It was definitely a lot of fireworks going on early in that fight. Nick Diaz, he might have thrown, like, the most punches. Not that they landed all completely, but, you know, he threw, like, almost 250 strikes in this fucking fight. So, mad props to Nick Diaz. It looked like he had a no-mas moment. In the cage, he looked like he had enough after he got dropped, and apparently his foot wasn't uh, too good. So Robbie Lawler got the TKO victory over Nick Diaz in his return after six years away from the sport that he loves and he breathes every single day. Nate was in his corner last night, but Robbie Lawler, he just seemed like he was more equipped to be fighting at 185 instead of the welterweight limit, which they were supposed to be fighting at. So that was very exciting last night. Diaz had a flurry in the fight where he was throwing like three uppercuts without throwing a right. <laughs> so like he was really trying to get Lawler out of there. He was landing some shots. Robbie kept on pressuring him. It was a boxing match, pretty much. So, like, Nick Diaz, hope to see him fight again. It was great to see him fight last night. One of the OGs of the UFC. He's been around for such a long time. Such a great guy. One of my favorite fighters. Him and Nate both. And yeah, they've been around for such a long time. They've been great ambassadors for the sport of MMA. And... Basically, just couldn't get it done last night. And I guess the time off definitely played a factor into him not being able to get Robbie Lawler out of there. But it was a great fight. Everybody was looking forward to it. It was definitely an entertaining bout. But uh, let's break down the rest of the card. So, also on the main card last night, we had... Jessica Andrade against Cynthia Calvillo. Jessica Andrade knocked out Calvillo in the first round pretty quickly. But Jessica Andrade already had a shot at Valentina Shevchenko, and she's obviously always at the top, so who knows if we'll see them fight again. Speaking of Valentina Shevchenko, we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, Curtis Blades got the unanimous decision victory over Jarzinho Rosenstroke last night. Blades used his wrestling to his advantage, and he got Jarzinho on his back a few times, and he's a big boy. They call him the biggie boy for a reason. Jarzinho, I'm a big fan of his. He's a very explosive fighter. Obviously, he's had some bad luck in the UFC after getting completely dismantled by Francis Ngannou. At the beginning of the pandemic in Jacksonville, when he got almost put through the wall. But, you know, Curtis Blades, he needed another victory to get back on track. And he's definitely one of the top wrestlers in the heavyweight division. We don't really see 
too many wrestlers in the heavyweight division besides Steve A and DC, obviously, and then hopefully uh John Bones Jones eventually, but since John got arrested right after he got inducted into the Hall of Fame for his fight with Alexander Gustafson, they got added to the fight wing section of the UFC Hall of Fame. And hours later, John Jones would get arrested for the sixth time in his life. And I saw this somewhere, and I guess it was meant to be sarcasm, but it's like when John Jones has a lawsuit, he wins the fight that he has coming up because he needs to pay for the lawyer. And this is coming hours after saying that John Jones, he said himself, he was like, I'm done with all the bullshit. I'm done with the crime. And then he literally gets arrested for assault and domestic violence literally hours after he claimed that he was trying to change his life. I'm a huge fan of John Jones. I've been a fan of his since a long time. So obviously as a diehard fan of his, like other fighters who create controversy, like Connor, like who I'm also a gigantic fan of, he's one of my biggest inspirations. And I hope John is going to get some help that he needs and hopefully he can figure some stuff out. Like obviously we want to see him fight again, but not if he's – self-destructing all the time like how he has been so that's very unfortunate i hope he ends up being okay he's one of my favorite fighters of all time so hope we are able to see john jones compete at heavyweight and he was saying before all this shit happened that he would take the steep a fight and obviously he's looking for the surreal gone francis winner but I guess now that's all up in the air. So moving on to the main event. Oh, wait, co-main event, sorry. Valentina, another great performance. Went into the fourth round with Lauren Murphy in this five-round women's flyweight title co-main event. Lauren Murphy, she proved that she was pretty tough, but Valentina's well-rounded everywhere and she basically wasn't going to quit and the way that the fight ended Valentina landed a few few punches and then followed up with a head kick which really stunned Murphy and then Valentina swarmed her until the fight was over so Valentina still unstoppable who knows what's next for her? But it's always entertaining watching Valentina Shevchenko. Definitely my favorite women's fighter ever, probably. So exciting to watch. Such a well-rounded fighter. She lives and breathes MMA, especially from where she comes from in Kyrgyzstan. Her mom was like a big deal in the martial arts scene out there. So like she was bred to be a goat and that's what she is so looking forward to seeing her next fight whenever that happens in a couple months but it seems like no one's going to be able to stop Valentina Shevchenko 
And then the main event, Alexander Volkanovsky, the champion, fighting Brian T. City Ortega. These guys obviously knew each other pretty well after going through the Ultimate Fighter together, being the coaches against each other, rather. So this was an all-out war. Ortega, he definitely took a lot of damage in this fight. His eye was definitely swelling shut midway through the fight. Volkanovski, he's a tough dude, man. Obviously, coming from City Kickboxing, all those guys are the toughest. And those guys are moving to the United States, apparently, after Dan Hooker announced that they were tired of not being able to almost get out of the country when they needed to go fight. We'll get to Dan Hooker in a couple minutes. Because he put on a great performance last night. But back to the main event, Volkanovski, he was able to withstand a bunch of Ortega's attacks, including three submission attempts when Ortega had him on the ropes, quote-unquote. Ortega had Volkanovski in two guillotine attempts where he nearly ended the fight. He had it in deep, and he basically almost got him to tap, but Volkanovski, he's a tough motherfucker, so he wasn't <laughs> going to tap. And it looked like he was saying no chance to Ortega when he had the submission in. Then Brian had a triangle choke on Volkanovski. It looked like it was also locked in, but he was able to escape it also. So Volkanovski used his ground and pound to really hurt Ortega when he was taking him to the ground. But Ortega was able to stay in there until the end. It looked like the fight might have been stopped a few times by the doctor because it looked like he was taking too much damage, but the fight went the distance. Volkanovski, unanimous decision, victory to retain the featherweight championship. So I wonder who's next for Volkanovski. Obviously, Max Holloway is fighting in a few weeks against Yair Rodriguez in the featherweight division, so that might be the next challenge. Obviously, Volkanovski has beat Max Holloway twice, and those fights were very controversial because people thought that Max Holloway was able to come away with a victory in the last fight when they fought for the title last year. So if they were to run it back in the trilogy, I feel like that would be something that the fans of this sport deserve and they want to see. Obviously, Max Holloway, a fan favorite, one of my favorites. Such an inspiration to the whole sport of MMA. This guy says he doesn't even spar when he trains for a fight. Like, I don't know how true that is, but whatever he does, it works. So, looking forward to seeing Max Holloway, Yair Rodriguez. That's in a couple weeks. But a few more fights that happened on this card last night. On the prelims. We had adopted Long Islander Marab Devalishvili taking on former Bantamweight contender Marlon Marais. Marab really lived up to his nickname last night as the Machine. 
so I'm going to read off some stats. And Marab literally fired all cylinders at Marais last night. He landed 246 out of 307 total strikes last night. Significant 69 out of 109. And Marais only landed 49 total. So, Marab... Definitely someone who's going to be on the rise. A training partner of Aljamain Sterling. He's a Sarah Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu member. Matt Sarah, obviously, from my hometown in Long Island. And he was in his corner last night. And you could just hear Matt Sarah screaming, finish him, finish him, Marab. Like... You can fucking tell that Matt Sarah is going to help Marab get to a championship. And Marab's going to be a future title holder in the UFC. And obviously some bad news out of that camp yesterday out of the Sarah Longo camp. The Long Island super camp. Aljamain Sterling has to pull out of his title fight on October 30th with Peter Yan for the Bantamweight title in the rematch, obviously after Peter Yan delivered an illegal knee to Aljamain Sterling last year, and then Aljamain had to get neck surgery. It's a lingering issue for him. It's very unfortunate. Obviously, I root for all the guys that are from where I'm from. And Aljamain, he's from a couple towns over. So I was really looking forward to seeing that fight. Obviously, it was one of the most controversial endings to a title fight in UFC history, probably. It's only happened like a few times where it's happened like that. And just following Aljo on social media, like you could tell that he was working so hard to get back for this fight, he had to get surgery, he had to do a lot of rehab, he had to make sure that he was going to be 100% to go, and he was even, like, going to, like, local wrestling tournaments in Long Island and competing so he could sharpen his skills a little bit more, just so he stayed active. So, it really sucks for Aljo, wish him all the best, wish he could fight in that fight against Peter Yan to really shut up all the haters, because, like, all the keyboard warriors on Instagram, like they just love to talk shit about Aljamain and Sterling when he is a genuinely great person and he's been through so much in his life and he finally got this opportunity to be a champion. And then this injury just keeps waiting over him like a dark cloud. So I hope he gets better. Hope we see him back in the octagon fairly soon. So now they're going to be fighting for an interim title sometime. And my boy Sean O'Malley put his name in the hat to fight Peter Dion because they have been talking shit to each other for the last year. (laughs) If that was to happen, that would probably be one of the biggest fights of the year. I don't know if they're going to give Sugar to Sean the title fight, but he definitely deserves it. He has the most clout in UFC. 
He's the most entertaining fighter that they have that fights on a consistent basis. Like, if I was Dana, I would have Sean fight Peter Young. Like, Sean has some of the best skills in all of the UFC. Even Connor fucking told him that. Like, when it comes to throwing hands and throwing spinning attacks that Sean is used to throwing, I feel like he can knock anybody out. And he feels that, too. That's why he's mentally undefeated. And if it wasn't for that Cheeto Vera loss, he would have been legit undefeated. But that's that. But moving on. I mentioned Dan Hooker a little bit earlier. He beat Hack Perass last night. The guy just lost his mom like a week ago, so he was definitely trying to knock Hooker out. But Dan definitely kept him at pretty significant length at all times. He wasn't really trying to get tagged by this guy. And Dan Hooker, he's pretty good all around. He was able to take down Hack Perez. Definitely landed a lot of strikes. 177 out of 261 landed for Hooker. And compared to his opponent, who only landed 35 out of 77 total. So, yeah, Dan Hooker, he was throwing at a high clip last night. He only landed 73 out of 153, but he threw 261. Like, this guy is freaking monster. They call him the hangman for a reason. Because when you get into the octagon with him, you don't know if you're going to be coming out alive. You might be coming out unconscious. So, that was that. And it was a pretty good fight card. UFC 266 from Las Vegas. Can't complain. And this has been an episode of One Stop Shop. We are back.